0: Okay, good morning and thank you for joining us today on our uh, first Tourism Body podcast and Zoomcast. My name is Dylan Hearn. I am from Backroads Touring Co. here with our lovely Dana from de France or Tourism Northern France to talk us through everything exciting about this amazing region. For, the, for our first round of discussions, I've decided to, to go back to our grass roots for Backroads Touring Co, as this is an area absolutely wonderful for so many reasons than why we just visit it. But together with the added knowledge, we should be able to equip you all a little bit better in selling it for your customers. So what are we talking about? Well, obviously for Backroads, it's our battlefields tours where we began 30 plus years ago, and I was fortunate enough um, to, to join this tour uh, last year. Um, I guess one of the key things with booking a backroads tour for the battlefield or our Anzacs tour is to make sure that you are passing on any information you have about your family's history or legacy in the region. Our tour leaders will go out of their way to make sure we take your customers to the site of the fight or perhaps where they are laying today. So although we, yes, we have a five or six day manifest that takes you through, no tour is ideally the same but we've brought tourism northern france on today because there's a hell of a lot more to the northern france region than just the battlefield so introducing dana welcome aboard bonjour
1: thank you dylan hi thank everyone you. so yeah am i going
0: to go forward you want to ask me a question <laughs> tell uh, Dana, t- tell us a little bit about this northern france region where, d- where was it established how did it all come about why do we go here
1: Okay, well, obviously for Australians, as as Dylan's just mentioned, the the most intrinsic attraction is the the Western Front, the Australian Remembrance Trail. Many of us know Gallipoli. The Western Front was not as well known until we had a, a lot of commemorative uh, centenary uh, uh, celebrations and commemorations from two thousand and fourteen to two thousand and eighteen. But um, actually, for the for the Western Front. I think, yeah, 80% of, of, of our loss and fatalities happened in, in World War I happened on the Western Front. And there are so many things for Australians to see that, not just uh, along the Australian Remembrance Trail, but um, it's definitely, it's the jewel in the crown of Northern France. <laughs> So yeah, the region itself, as you can see from the map there, it's uh, one of the 13 regions in, in France, which was created as actually as an amalgamation of Normandy and Picardy in 2016. Lille is the capital of the region, which is uh, on the Belgian border. Now, to get to Lille... It's, it's very easy when you arrive into Roissy-Charles-de-Gaulle. Often the flights are very early in the morning. You can get um, a TGV, train, train grand vitesse, very fast train, which takes under 50 minutes directly from Charles-de-Gaulle wow, airport. 50 minutes, wow, 50 minutes. Yeah, and it, I've done it and it's directly into the centre of Lille or if you're coming from London, it's an hour and 20 minutes on the Eurostar. So it's really very, very easy to get to, or even Brussels also, as I mentioned, it's on the, on the Belgium border. So Lille itself is a wonderful, wonderful city. Um, it's not only the capital of northern France, but the, the capital of French Flanders. And um, the city has a great vibe with all the attractions and wonderful things to do. It's definitely the population, the young population, that makes such a difference to this Absolutely wonderful city, um, being the capital of French Flanders. As you can see, it's um, it has a, a, the influence there with the the beer and the microbreweries, which are dotted all throughout the town. But uh, the the in just let me tell you first, getting around Lille is so easy. The the flat topography of the region lends itself to cycling and walking. And there are so many wonderful, easy walking and cycling itineraries to do. There are e-bikes everywhere. And, um, you know, you can take a car, obviously, to go further afield. But around the city, it's walking is the best way to discover. Now, the histor- historical centre of the old town is called Vieux Lille, which means Old Lille. And it's characterised by these beautiful 17th century brick cobblestone uh, laneways and, and uh, townhouses. And it's like a... A mini Paris, but easier to discover because there are fewer people. But the vibe, as I said, from the young population is fabulous. Now, these picturesque streets all lead to the Grand Place. I know you've been there, Dylan.
0: Indeed I, I have. Think,
1: and, uh, and it's glorious Belfry Tower. Um, of course, beyond there, one of the probably the most iconic visits in Lille is the Palais du Beaux-Arts, the modern art museum, which has the richest collection of art outside of the Louvre in France. And that's also very easy to get to. Like all, don't forget, like a little um, practical tip here, like all um, museums in France, it's closed on a Tuesday. So remember that.
0: Good, you know, tip, actually, good, the good museum, tips,
1: The only museum in France open on Tuesday is the Musée d'Orsay. If you go to um, northern France via Paris or if you go to Paris afterwards, remember that one. So um, as I mentioned, uh, one of the um, gastronomic, you know, being France, there's everything to eat and drink. But uh, the attraction in Lille is the beer with the microbreweries where you can Do fabulous tasting tours that only can take a couple of hours or longer if the client wishes, and um, you you can really learn about the brewing brewing culture, um, how it's been influenced by the Flemish roots in the region. Now, of course, there's amazing shopping with intriguing stores and cafes and authentic um, little patisseries, and it is a great place to soak up that atmosphere, just like they do in Paris people watch. Yeah, we love Lille. Of course, this year it's the European capital of design and you can see throughout the street all the modern um, art installations. And um, another, if you can have, if your client can make the time, another fabulous visit is the Louvre Lens Museum, which is just past Lille, closer to Lens, but a fabulous, fabulous museum. That's
0: Lille. Yeah. I loved Lil when I was there and unfortunately I've, I've missed out on too much I, I only had the, a day prior to our tour so I'm guessing just from hearing what um, we're, 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 we're learning about Lil in this short period of time that I should have spent three days there and I missed out on a lot of beer but um, I, I spent a lot of time in the Grand um, Place because um, it's just eye-inspiring I mean everywhere you go there's these random art installations that Hamdana alluded to there, which really capture your mind. you're in such an old town, which is such, so much history, but this modern, fantastic art that displays all over the place there. and just in discussion of how we got there, I actually flew into London Heathrow, which we know is a very common option for the Australian and New Zealand people, and it, yeah, it took about an hour and a half on the service I came to there, but um, you arrive right in the heart of Lille, and then it's just a short. Short taxi to your hotels, depending on location, but there are a few hotels which are dotted across near to the train station in easy walking distance. But thank you very much, Lil, 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 loving it. But today now we're going to head south from Lille. Uh, we have the town of Amiens. Uh, a simply stunning location to finish after a day of visiting some amazing war sites. It's actually quite over- overwhelming the cemeteries that exist through this region. We have two nights on tour in Amiens. Three, on our, three actually on our Anzac tour. What additional things can, we, can you suggest to do in Amiens?
1: Well, uh, a lot of people don't know that the Australians um, discovered Amiens as, as soldiers and um, the first thing they did was go up the, the famous Belfry Tower in Amiens and it actually became known as the prison des Australiens, the Australian, the, the Australian prison, because they were having such a good time there and getting drunk, they were locked up there for the night. <laughs> <laughs> so Funny. the Australians have discovered Amy for, uh, for a very long time. But as you can see there, um, it's known primarily on, on the cultural side for its um, cathedral, the Amyen Cathedral, or otherwise known as Our Lady of Amiens, which is celebrating its 800 years this year. Now with the sad demise of the um, Notre Dame in Paris, it's the only UNESCO classified cathedral in France. And this year in, in doing that, you can see it's lit up there. Now they normally only have a light show in summer, but it's um, throughout the year, this year, and I believe they will continue that. And the way they light it up is because over 800 years it has been renovated and the original facade had colours. And these colours, um, instead of touching the facade too much, these colours project uh, to show how the original uh, cathedral was. And Not it's bad. absolutely spectacular. Have you seen it, Dylan?
0: Yeah. I, see see we, we, it? I i I haven't seen the light show, so no. I've been to the cathedral, right. Right. but I missed the light show when I was there, unfortunately. But that's just amazing. I'm loving this image here. And um, I'm sure anyone walking, having an evening walk with their coffee, um, this would be simply Fabulous. stunning to see.
1: Yeah, And I know the the hotel you stay in, I think it's the Marotte Hotel.
0: La Prielle. It's
1: very well positioned.
0: Yeah, we, we can, I could actually see the cathedral from my bedroom room, um, from the window. It was yeah. stunning, absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm
1: look besides the size of the cathedral um it's known for its medieval wall paintings inside and the truly spectacular gothic sculptures inside and you'll see um there are tombs inside the cathedral and there's even um you may have seen it also dylan one for the australian soldiers
0: yeah yes yes yes
1: yeah in in the cathedral so just a nice, pleasant walk down from the cathedral, or again on bike it's a flat also, and there are e-bikes everywhere all over the city. You can go to what's called the Saint-Lu Quarter, which is a little area on, on the River Summe with gorgeous little cafes and restaurants to have a nice, authentic, relaxing, not expensive meal and they're all very good. Um it doesn't feel I don't know if you got the same feeling, Dylan, that uh it doesn't feel touristy.
0: (laughs) Not at all, not at all. I mean I I sat there for a good few hours um enjoying the local Mm -hmm. delicacies with a couple of beers and no, it was wonderful. It was actually quite relaxing. You and you almost get absorbed into normality. You're you're one of them whilst you're there
1: absolutely I had the same feeling I was I was there just by myself and I felt very relaxed and very comfortable and I felt again immersed in the French culture uh there were people around and you just feel feeling like you're part of it was a really very special experience and then right probably a five or eight minute walk from there for me is one of France's most hidden secrets it's called les, les or the floating gardens of Amiel. now here you have 300 hectares of water gardens and over 65 kilometers of water channels it's known as the Venice of the north and you have to have to have to take a scenic gondola ride um, where the person who takes you on the gondola is one of the volunteers the the gardens are actually manned by volunteers who are passionate about these these gardens, or you can even take a little motor dinghy yourself. So that is absolutely spectacular, not to be missed, the floating gardens of Amiens. Um, Of course, after there, there is one thing that, another thing that the Australians are not too aware of, and it's the Jules Verne uh, house. He lived there for nearly 18 years, it's a stunning home with over 300 artefacts of um, uh, pieces from his writing and documents. And uh, when I visited, he, the gentleman who looks after the home said, they're getting more and more Australians there every year. They're absolutely lapping it up and loving it. So yeah, that's Jules Verne House in the centre of Amiens.
0: Yeah wonderful wonderful I and mean, <clears throat> we get in nice and early early in the afternoon on, on our tours into I mean and even after our day of exploring so what you presented there is actually quite a quite an array of different things um yeah. that, that our customers could get up to and, and see and do and you know really you know looking after a variety of different you know interests as well i mean it's it's, it's quite compact it's very flat indeed so um i enjoy i went for my morning run every day and
1: <laughs> you get a macaron, like you see, you've got the image up there. Amiens is known for its um, macarons and they absolutely have to be tasted in all their different flavours. They're unbelievable. I hope you had one.
0: <laughs> oh, definitely, 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 definitely. <laughs> and um, just uh, sort of, we're not going too much into the, the, the war sites in, in this presentation, but you, you did mention in our conversation leading into it, just to um, talk at the Sir John Mono Centre in villers know. I mean, this is, for the, I guess, for the Australian and New Zealand traveller, one of the key um, icons that, that we get to go to. Can you take, um, take the listeners through as to why, what the significance of the Sir John Manash Centre is?
1: Okay, sure. It was established by the Australian government to honour the nearly 300,000 soldiers, 300, soldiers who served on the Western Front. Uh, 46,000 of them um, paid the ultimate sacrifice. So it's an enduring legacy for the for the Australians who serve there. It's a physically it's a thousand square meter building and it's known as and it likes to be known as an interpretive centre. It's not just a traditional museum that focuses on objects. It's a hub to the Australian Remembrance Trail and designed to engage people of all ages and not just Australians. Um, you'll find um, a lot of people there from Commonwealth countries, but literally from all over the world so it's an emotive informative interactive experience there's multimedia displays there's the free app that you log on to when you walk into the museum there um it's in Villers-Bretonneux so the town do you go to the Dylan do you go to the, the village of Villers-Bretonneux also
0: just for a bit for the day yes we do yes we do visit right.
1: yes so, um, you know, that's also a, a wonderful to see. And um, what is incredible there, right at the end of the visit, there is a database that you can log onto, and they made me do it when I was there, to see um, your your family or if you have any family connections. And I was one of the statistics where I said, no, 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 I've got no family connections. And th- they found I had two family connections. So the database they have through uh-huh. the Commonwealth, Wargraves Commission is absolutely it's just mind-boggling what what they've achieved there. So, you know, all these visits that they can do throughout the museum helps the the, the visitor to get a better understanding of the journey of the ordinary Australians who came to France who thought they were going on this, you know, adventure journey, or you know, and obviously, you know, it wasn't what they thought it would be, but it helps them give it a, a deeper connection um to the places and um the people and who fought there
0: indeed indeed um yeah i mean there's not enough time you can spend at this place so although yes we do visit and we do spend a considerable time here i mean there there is so much you can learn there's so much you can gain from visiting the sir john monash center and our, our tour leaders on tour, obviously, are a wealth of information too. So this is a great opportunity where you can sort of cross-reference some of the, the discussions you've had on mm-hmm. tour with your tour leaders. Now, um, there was a new site that um, gained some significance that I know we offer now in our World War I Battlefields <laughs> tour that you, you let, made me feel bad about missing because we weren't doing it when I did my tour. But can you take us to this amazing new, um, new little site that, we, that everyone needs to be seeing Donna?
1: Absolutely, I can. This is now the site is also in the Sun, not the Somme, not far from the Sir John Monash Centre. And you, um, it is the, the yin and yang. If you wish, you have the Sir John Monash Centre, which is this grandiose, incredible um, facility, and um, with it so much to learn and to see. And then you come to a little sign that says now, and when you go inside, you can't even believe. What you find it's um, caves from medieval times where 300 years ago people used to go to protect themselves from wars and invasions and these caves had hospitals they had theaters in these underground caves so the Australian soldiers used to go to these caves for some R&R while they were having a break in between service and battles if you all need
0: a break down we all need a break we all need a, break. We all
1: need a break morning we'll break and uh, what bothers me a little bit the way they say visit the graffiti okay it is graffiti but it's not a it doesn't say choose life it's what this graffiti if, if that's what we have to say all over these tunnels are over three thousand signatures of Australians who etch their names into the caves saying uh, the date and the time, uh, of sometimes the time that they were there, and which battalion they were in. So with that, archaeologists have been able to identify not all, so they continue to identify them, these soldiers, and link them to their family. Now, so the family have said this, and this is um, your. Great uncle or great grandfather or who, whoever it was, and they've gone to visit. And when you look down, because these caves are mostly dark and you only have a little, little bit of light to to guide you through, um, the families have left a poppy to honour their their fallen um, soldier there. So it is an incredible, unique experience and one that you don't forget. Yeah,
0: That's <coughs> now. When you when you discussed that with me earlier, um, and the fact that I happened to miss it, and, and then I've heard from people who've, who've done the tour this year and or last year, sorry, I tell a lie, um, who experienced it, I'm like gutted that I missed it. So um, all the images, if you go and have a chance to Google this and, and take yourself to this destination, you can understand why your customers will definitely want to be, to visiting this and see. It's just so different. It's probably not expected, but it really takes you to the, you know, to the, to the, to the battlefront. I mean, these, these, these and guys, it's incredible, to not
1: just the caves, but once you come out of the caves, you're in this sort of almost forest like area and they've built yeah. this amazing area to sit down and have a drink. There's a bar and have a coffee and have something to eat. And, um, it's amazing. You find people there and they're all talking about what they've just experienced and how they want to go back inside.
0: Yeah, <coughs> definitely, definitely. Thank you very much for that. That was absolutely amazing. And uh, that sort of comes to an end of our presentation today on Northern France. Now, we do realize there's a hell of a lot more to Northern France, and we have kept this to primarily where we visit on our back roads, battlefields, tours. But, um, Dana, thank you so much for your time. I thank know you. I've picked up some new knowledge today, and I'm sure the listeners have as well. If our listeners want to learn some more, where can they go and find out everything about Northern France?
1: uh backwards touring
0: no <laughs> definitely definitely. Is there, any, is there any tourism um training or websites they can they can use as well
1: um no I, i'm doing it all in partnership with without with our partners
0: as, oh as wonderful as well what we'll backwards. try and do then when we get when we get status quo back into the into into the world we'll reconnect again Dana, i think and we'll, we'll revisit um this region sure. again yeah. later on just to make sure everyone is really au fait with the with the destination and how to get there, why to go there and what else they can see and do mm-hmm. whilst they get there. So on behalf of Battle um, um, Backroads Touring Kai, thank you very much for your time this morning. I hope all of you at home or on the road have learned a little bit more. Feel free to ask any questions. I've, I've got all the uh, connections there to ask Dana posthumously as well and I can feed that back to you as well. Um, but on behalf of Battle um, Backroads, thank you again, Dana, for your time and I look forward to our next discussion. Mm-hmm. <laughs>